0: With so many different options for investing, 401Ks, IRAs, taxable accounts, you might be wondering, where should we put our money? Today, we're going to look at how you can invest for you and your goals. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. You talk to most families about investing, whether it's for retirement or another goal, and you get this sense of overwhelm. Part of it is due to having so many things you're working on, taking care of the kids, trying to save for emergencies and other goals, dealing with work, paying off debts. It keeps you busy for sure, but because you're doing a little here and a little there, many times you're spreading yourself and your money thin and you're not making the progress you want to make. We had a bit of this when we first got married and we're trying to figure out what our priorities were. It took a bit of time to really nail those down, but once we did, it made things so much easier because we could then work on things one by one. We had a game plan and that we could follow it. It was less stress, and we were actually making the progress we wanted to make. So today, I thought we could do the same with investing, Break it down so that you can see what options are available to you, like a 401k, thrift savings plan, or an IRA, and then see how they fit in with whatever season of life you're in. Drew Snyder is back here today to help out. He's the director of financial planning at Coastal Wealth Management. He's also a husband and father, so he gets it. In this episode, we're going to cover conversations to have at certain milestones about finances, Major investments accounts you need to know about and how they work, and then how to align your money, including investments, with your priorities. Let's get started. Some couples they feel like, okay, like financial planning and how does that fit in? But uh, what we've noticed, like we've met with a financial planner, it just makes things so much easier. Um, especially when you're talking about something as big as retirement. So I wanted to kind of discuss maybe some conversations you suggest couples have to kind of the ball rolling about planning for retirement. What should they sit down and chat about first?
1: Well, I would first say that I think it's age dependent Mm -hmm. and sort of where you are in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just starting out and you're single or just married 25 to 35 I think the first conversation is really about budgeting and making sure that uh, as a family you're putting aside 15% of your income for retirement. And if you can start doing that when you first uh, form your household um, at that age, you should be very well prepared for retirement. Um, Those folks who are 35 to 50, so Mm -hmm. a more established family, um, younger children getting into middle school age children. Um, your goals start to get conflicted, so it gets a bit more challenging. You really Mm -hmm. start realizing that these kids are actually going to go to college and (laughs) uh, that you really need to actually have some money saved for them. Um, You're also reaching Mm mid-career,
0: and
1: um, so you're being pulled in directions for work, uh, which can be challenging, and that requires vacation time to, uh, to get away for a bit And as your kids Mm -hmm. get older, you're starting to enjoy that in vacation time, too. So you have these conflicting goals. So it becomes very important at that time to really have a a goal-focused financial strategy. And I can Mm -hmm. tell you what my family does. Sure, yeah. We have uh, specific goals. I have a 12-year-old daughter who's going to go to college, no doubt about that. And uh, my wife and I want to retire someday. So Mm -hmm. we specifically fund those goals. and as we're getting older now, we, we definitely and my daughter is having fun with us on vacation for now. So uh, we definitely have some goals for that, too, to visit National parks. So we put aside mm-hmm. some money specifically for those goals. Um, so I call that like a goal-based budget. Mm-hmm. So where you're, you're putting that money into the accounts designed for, for those specific goals. And then you can feel like, well, the rest of the money that you have coming in outside of that is disposable income. And it's really mm-hmm. up to managing that on a day-to-day basis to to make sure you've got you know the the bills paid and and uh, food on the table, and everything else is really up to you as a family to decide. But you've got your mm-hmm. goals uh, paid for effectively. Um, so that's you know for that mm-hmm. mid-range uh, middle um, um, period, and then mm-hmm. fifth, fifth, age fifty to retirement is really the conversations with the spouse or significant other is really about what do you really want to do in retirement? They, I think retirement starts to come a little bit more into focus. Um, where do you want to be? How do you want to spend your time? Uh, you really should start having those conversations because that view of your future is going to back into how much money you really need to have set aside to accomplish that. And then hopefully your kids are getting older and, and, um, and and you might be becoming an empty nester, um, mm-hmm. no kids in the house, and you can focus a bit more on saving, and um, and getting those goals a little bit more in focus and and, and on target. So those that's the way mm-hmm. I would kind of look at it from a, from an age standpoint um, mm-hmm. and what the focus should be.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, and I love that the focus is first of all like defining the goals, and we're kind of in the middle of it right now where. In our later 30s, we have two little ones, and so our our goals are like you mentioned, um, going in different directions. You know, two little ones, preparing for the future. We're also trying to save up and be wise and enjoy the time we have now with them. So it makes sense to make a plan. And I love that you said um, even before you paying the bills, you're like those important goals. You've already set aside that money, and it's taken care of. I think if you wait to the end of the month. Or until after everything's been spent, you find out there's not enough or there's nothing at all. So I do appreciate that. So I know a lot of couples, they know what they're supposed to do. They signed up for the 401k at work or the 4013b or whatever, you know, number and letter combination that's out there. There's so many different accounts. Could we kind of go over the, the benefits and the differences of uh, the accounts that are typically offered at work, um, IRAs and so forth? Yeah,
1: I'd be happy to. Um, primarily, the, the accounts that you're going to be offered at work uh, mm-hmm. as a benefit, most people are going to be offered a 401k plan.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: basically, you're, um, you're taking money directly from your paycheck and depositing it into a retirement account. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, often, there's some sort of an employer match. Uh, so, so your employer is helping you reach your retirement goal. Um, and then there's often an option to do it either pre-tax or after tax. Mm -hmm. Um, most people maybe hear that as the Roth option is the, um, is the after tax options. And basically what you're deciding there is, do you want to pay taxes today on your income Mm -hmm. or do you want to pay taxes later? Um, and really that decision you should decide with working with a CPA or a financial planner, uh, to determine which is the best approach for you, um, I personally just do a 50-50. I do half in my Roth 401k, Mm -hmm. and I do half in the traditional 401k. Um, So I'm getting some of the tax benefits today, and then some of the tax benefits in the future. Um, So the 401k is the primary option for a lot of people. If you work for a nonprofit or a state mm -hmm. organization, you'll have the 403b, which Mm -hmm. the rules are effectively the same, they're just under a different part of the tax code. Um, They operate very similarly, less likely to have a Roth option within the 403B. Um, And then there are other various smaller plans if you work for a small company. Mm -hmm. But effectively, they're all kind of doing the same thing. They're making it easy for you to choose to invest for your future. Um, And within the plans, then you're gonna have uh, choices of investments. Um, Almost every plan these days has what's called a target date mutual fund portfolio which Mm -hmm. effectively is you're deciding, okay, what date or year am I going to retire in the future? If it's 2030, then the portfolio manager is going to invest it in a basket of mutual funds, stocks Mm -hmm. and bonds that are geared for someone who's retiring in 2030. And over time, it's going to get more conservative, less stocks, more bonds, and that's going to happen automatically for you. So all you have to do is show up for work, do a great job, and continue to save money into the plan, and it should work for you over the long run. Mm-hmm. Outside of your 401k plan, or outside of the company plan, mm-hmm. uh, you are looking at IRAs. Okay. Um, and one thing to know is, is that if you are contributing or participating in a company plan, you are limited to putting money into a traditional IRA account, and getting a mm-hmm. deduction. Okay. So if that's something that you're in, if you're interested in mm-hmm. saving outside of your 401k plan, it's important that you talk to a, a CPA or a financial planner to make sure that you're doing the right thing from a tax standpoint and you're not getting trouble with the IRS. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the Roth IRA is really the IRA that most people should be focusing on if they're contributing to their 401k plans or other work plans. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roth IRA Is a way to save money today where you don't get a tax deduction by contributing today it still Mm -hmm. grows tax deferred meaning you're not going to pay any taxes on the money as it grows and then when you retire at age 59 and a half or older and you start taking money out of the account it comes out tax-free so what I encourage a lot of our members to do is to consider having some money savings in the Roth bucket mm-hmm. and then in a traditional bucket so that when you hit retirement, you have some tax-free income and some of the income that you're going to have is going to be taxable. Um, and that's going to come from your 401k plan and the traditional IRA.
0: Okay. Um, so you're you're trying to co- coordinate your different accounts to work well to get the tax benefits um, both now and in the future.
1: That is correct. Yes. Okay.
0: So that's yeah. why it would be great to have an expert because Uh, When we file our taxes, I mean, they're fairly straightforward, but again, I wouldn't know or be familiar unless I'm digging around with Contributions and um, any of the requirements if you're um, Contributing you said to an employer versus a traditional IRA. Um, So it's great having that expertise advice Um,
1: Yeah, one other thing I should mention is um, with the Roth IRA Mm -hmm. you, You can be limited in how much you can put in there or put in there at all based on your income Okay. So that's that another point where you need to talk to a financial planner or a CPA to learn if you can actually make that contribution.
0: Yeah, that completely makes sense. I know I've gotten some emails from members in the community, and they had a question. Some of them have decided, like, childcare is expensive, and at least for a few years, one of them is going to stay at home, either work part-time or just focus on the kids for a few years, but they are worried about like how is this going to affect our retirement planning. I had saw about spousal RRAs. How did how would that work? You'd have one spouse that for a few years was taking home of taking care of the kids at home, but they still wanted to make sure that their retirement accounts are growing.
1: Good question. So mm-hmm. As a non-working spouse, you can contribute to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA based on your spouse's earnings. Okay. Because everyone needs to have, if you want to contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA, you have to have earnings in order to make those contributions to qualify. Okay. Um, but as a non-working spouse, you can qualify based on your spouse's earnings, as long as more the spouse's earnings are more than um, the contribution you put in. If that makes exactly. sense. So if you uh, mm-hmm. if you if your spouse makes and we see this sometimes with older folks who mm-hmm. are kind of semi-retired but have some income, but you in order to make a six thousand dollar Roth contribution, you have your spouse has to have six thousand dollars of income. Makes sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we want everything above board when it comes to finance. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. That that's really important. We've kind of been discussing this about the benefits of working with a you know financial planner. Um, You're a certified financial planner. No, for some couples it seems intimidating, uh, and sometimes they'll tell me like, "I want to go," my husband doesn't want to go, or vice versa, because. They feel like we're going to be sold something versus actually getting advice. And I'd love to get your take, Drew. What are some signs, good or bad, that couples should look out for when they meet with a financial planner or advisor?
1: That's a good question. Now, uh, yeah, I've, I've been in the business as a financial planner um, for almost 20 years, and it's changed a lot. Um, and I think it's changing for the better in that more... Uh, financial advisors are taking a planning approach Mm -hmm. uh, which means that when you sit down to meet with them for the first time they should be talking about your goals uh, about Mm -hmm. your family um, learning about you and what you are trying to accomplish what your pain points are what your concerns Mm -hmm. are Um, and then from there they really should be taking a more personalized approach to figuring out how to solve those problems for you um, And I can tell you at Coastal, that is definitely what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, That's precisely why I have the job that I have, is so that when a member comes in and meets with one of our seven financial advisors, um, they know that they're going to be asking them lots of questions, be prepared for that, to learn about them and their family Mm -hmm. and understand what they're trying to do. And then working with me, I do kind of the work behind the scenes to make sure that we're covering all the bases. We're looking at their tax situation. We're making sure that they have appropriate insurance coverage. We're making sure that their estate plan is complete. You know, they've got a will in place. Um, And then we might start talking about investments and and if their investment strategy is appropriate to reach the goals that they've set out for us. And we start with creating a financial plan for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you meet with a financial advisor and they start talking to you about investments right away and products that they can put you in, you should be concerned. Um, honestly, because they haven't learned enough about you to make those recommendations. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I feel like the advisors here at Coastal and any really good advisor in 2019 should be taking the time to learn more about you before they're making uh, investment recommendations.
0: Um, That makes complete sense. yeah. Yeah. And so I know this has happened to us in the past and I've heard people back in something that they're scared of talking with advisors. They feel like, well, when I was starting to ask questions, the person felt challenged because they were putting me in these investments and then they were saying, I was the expert. Uh, you should trust what I say. You as a financial you know, planner and, you, and you've seen how your team works and when they meet with the clients, how, how do they feel if a client does not push back but ask questions, dig around, is, are are fine with that or is that encouraged? How does that work?
1: Oh, that is definitely encouraged. I mean, mm-hmm. we want people in investments that they're comfortable with, that we together agree upon is going to help them reach their goal. So just as an example, you know, we're going to do a financial plan for somebody and we're going to realize that, um, you know, based on their risk tolerance and the goals mm-hmm. that they're trying to accomplish, that they may need only a 4 or 5% rate of return in their investments to, to be reach their, their uh, objective, whether it's yeah. for college or retirement. But also still feel comfortable about their investments. So if they come back to us and they say, hey, I am I'm not comfortable with what happened with this, whether mm-hmm. uh, the the investment didn't perform well or if it lost money during some sort of a, a correction, um, and that you know kept them up at night, then we need to make some changes to that. We're definitely open gotcha. to that. We want, you know, mm-hmm. but we're gonna tell them, you know, if we make that adjustment, this is the impact it's gonna have on your financial plan over the long term. Um, so we, we don't have a lot of those conversations. I'll be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're doing the work up front to understand someone's goals and their risk tolerance and what they're comfortable owning inside their portfolio, then typically you don't have those conversations. Um, now what can happen is people's risk tolerance changes. They think they're more Mm -hmm. aggressive than they really are because they've become complacent and comfortable with what really what we've had for good 10 years is a rising market and so a lot of people feel like you know they're pretty comfortable with that we haven't really had a big correction in a while so um you know we anticipate people changing their risk tolerance when we go into a recession and there is a market Mm -hmm. slump um but you know yeah we're we definitely want to talk about that for sure yeah thank you we see ourselves as partners with Mm -hmm. our members and making investment decisions we're not telling them what to do And that's, in my opinion, that's really another red flag when you're meeting with somebody who's Mm -hmm. giving investment advice, is if they're telling you what to do rather than you doing it together, um, chances are they're putting them in an investment that they're comfortable with, but maybe you're not comfortable
0: with. Yeah, I've I've had quite a a few that got taken in with an investment and they couldn't explain what exactly it was. So definitely, that's a big red flag. So thank you. I mean, it's, it's good. It's kind of like I see going to a financial advisor, almost going to a doctor. Um, of course, the doctor is the medical expert. You want them to be like on top of everything. But it really does pay to be very aware of like your health habits, your routines, have that basic knowledge so you can ask the question so you feel comfortable working. Like you mentioned, being a team member uh, for your health. So, you know, that's physical health, but also for your financial health. Right. We do see ourselves
1: that way. as kind of like your financial doctor, for
0: sure. Special thanks to Drew for being a part of the show again. If you live in the Triangle area of North Carolina and you'd like someone to work with you on your particular goals, you want to check out Coastal Credit Union. I'll have a link in the show notes to the Wealth Management Team so you can start planning for your retirement and other goals. I'll also have other resources we covered in today's episode in the show notes. Just head over to Simplify and Enjoy. Next week, we're wrapping up this first season by digging in a little more with investing. The question we're covering is, how can you get on the path of financial independence while raising kids? So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts from. Our music today was from Lee Rosevear and Music for Makers. And finally, thank you so much for your support. I'm having a lot of fun with this podcast and these episodes. If you have a question or ideas for the show, please email me, L at Simplify and Enjoy, or join our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're all about encouraging one another with our goals. Just head over to SimplifyAndEnjoy.com dot com slash FB. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.